0: If you're in the private sector, you need to be job hopping, um, especially early in your career. I don't know the exact statistic, but like, I think the average salary increase per job hop is like 20 or 30 percent compared to like a couple percent like if you get a raise. 3
1: percent, I think usually. Yeah. That's like standard three. Yo, yo,
0: yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Back of the Envelope. Feels good to say that. it's um, We have an unexplained hiatus that we need to justify <laughs> to you all. Um I think the last time that we had an episode we said that we'd see you guys next week for building a business episode 2. We lied. I mean, sue us, like I don't know. Sorry. Um, basically, um I I think the the only excuse is that like first semester of senior year kicked us in the ass. People say that yeah, junior year is the hardest year of high school. No, between like one, you're still taking all of these like hard classes and stuff, and you have to do all of your college applications. Kills you, man.
1: It's brutal. Yeah, I mean, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, senior year, you're gonna sit back and relax and never go to class." I've I've gone to the most. It's feeling like okay. Well, that's the
0: thing. So like. You get hit with senior. get I, I thought senioritis was fake. I'm like, I'm not a. Yeah. I'm not, okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be able to stick it out through this. Like, I'm not gonna get senioritis. I got that dog in me. Like, I'm just gonna like study. No, it hits you like a truck. No, it's like
1: here. it's full immediately.
0: Here. It's boom, and then you're uh, you're like have no motivation to do anything. But I clutched up. It was close. In like one class, I I had I got an A minus, which I don't do. Ooh. I don't get A minuses. Um but it's still an A, so I'm like I'm like all right, that that's fine. Um but yeah. Clutched up. Now I just got to do one more semester and I can keep the the straight A's K through 12 street going.
1: Yeah. Um I maintain my GPA with the yes, maybe the help of of one or two honors courses, but yep, it's there we're good we're Apply Applied to, to colleges
0: college. both of us i applied to 20 schools uh it's, that was a lot of <laughs> supplementals to write but um wow it feels good to be done with it
1: like 20 privates or like 20 no okay like a lot of them or? are ucs so like the same yeah, application
0: yeah. but <laughs> a lot of privates if any of them are if any colleges are watching this right now just know that you are my number one choice
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah did you hear that you're my number one choice mm-hmm. all and right when you um press that admit bun i'll be stoked
0: So yeah, yeah, we, um, sorry for being gone. I don't want to lament, lament on it too long because we are during this, this, this process of applying to colleges, I was writing a lot about the podcast and I, and it reminded me why we first started this podcast. So if you guys don't know, this podcast was not always called back the envelope. It was called teen finance for the majority of its lifespan. And that's why we started. We wanted to financially educate teenagers, um, because we didn't feel like schools were doing enough. And in that spirit, for our first video back, we're going to go back to our roots, and um, even though this podcast isn't called Teen Finance anymore, we can still talk about that stuff. In this episode, our goal is to make so that if you listen to this all the way through, or even if you just listen to it part of the way through, then um, you will never go broke in your life. That is our mission. So we have eight main points that we're going to give you. This is stuff that like, once you hear it, you can't really unhear it, and um, yeah, yeah. You you hopefully will not be broke if you listen to this. Um, to start us off, if you're just if you clicked on this episode, then you've taken the first step. So over if you if you are here, you are already fifty percent less likely to go broke. This is a study um, done by Back of the Envelope Research Center. It's completely made up. Uh, that was a fake statistic. But <laughs> <laughs> it's probably true. I don't it's all know about delivery. Um, I but honestly, honestly. If you're listening to this, you're taking that first step and wanting to learn about finance, I guarantee you, you're probably actually more than 50% less likely to never go broke. So great on you for being here. You've taken the first step, but um, let's get into it. Masay, I'll let you uh, start off with our, our first point because <laughs> we had all of our other points outlined and then we remembered, all right, if, we're gonna, if we really want to go through this in an order that's like where you will kind of encounter them in life, um, there's an important one to start with.
1: Yeah. So this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately because we've been applying to college and it's that to succeed in your future, you probably don't want to do, a, not to be harsh, but a dumb college major. You don't want to do a major that you're not really going to make that much money from. You don't have that much area for growth unless you're just like some crazy anomaly. So let's say for good, we say like any type of engineering, yeah, some business, you know.
0: Yeah, so to like to get on to Maceo's back here with this point, um, guys, no dumb majors. <laughs> um college is an investment at the end of the day. You have to look at it that way just because of how much you're paying for it. Like if you're not without aid, I mean, it's gonna be at least a hundred thousand dollars for your four years. It could easily be way more than that. It can be less than that if you can get aid. But it is one of the biggest financial investments you're going to make in your life. You have to look at it that way. And the point of a financial investment, if you don't know, is to get a return, an R- return on interest. Um, so a return on investment. I'm a dumbass. Um, so <laughs> get your ROI. Um, and the way to do that is by not picking something that isn't going to make you money. Um, so yeah, good majors, any engineering. Like this includes computer science, but straight up engineering majors are are their engineering majors are hard um but they're hard for a reason and that weeds out a lot of people and that makes it so there's always a shortage of engineers and you're gonna make money doing it literally whatever engineering you go into even if it's like industrial engineering you're still gonna make a bag so yeah industrial civil electrical mechanical anything like that um if you're good at math do engineering of some sort um and then next up, we have some business majors. We say some because it's definitely not all of them. Um, specifically, finance, accounting, management information systems, which is like business and computer science and figuring out how you can use technology to improve business processes. And then like operations focused stuff, so like supply chain management, especially after COVID and everything. And we realized how important having robust supply chains were and how a lot of businesses are redoing their supply chains and the way that they operate, very, very in demand. One of our friends' parents actually does this. So, and we know that it's a very lucrative major. Um, and then the last thing we're at the end of the list, it's really not a long list. Um, last things pre med or pre law, if you're actually going to follow through. Um, so, this is a, a huge bucket, but here's my philosophy a lot of majors can be pre med or pre-law especially pre-law literally any major can be pre-law a lot of people think oh i need to major in poli sci just because i want to do law my counter to that would be like why not just try to major in like finance or you know because you can be like i mean a ton of finance is involved in law you know so much of it especially corp law um Why not engineering? You know, engineering firms need lawyers. And If you can understand the technical stuff, you're going to be in a good place. Like, so much stuff can be pre law. Pre law. Why not have a major that's going to give you some technical skill? Because poli sci, it's great to understand like like government. But I feel like you can get the majority of that in like two classes. Just like take some government classes during college. You'll get what you need to know. That you agree? Or am I just like saying? Yeah.
1: No, no, I agree. It's just, like, just make the most of it, right?
0: Yeah. In case, like, you basically just want an undergrad major to fall back on if you realize that you don't want to go to law school. Same thing for pre-med. Like, the default is biology. But if you can, like, try to do something like like biomedical engineering or something that is kind of more complete as an individual major without – going further to med school because like what if you get rejected from every med school you know <laughs> which i don't yeah. know if that if ha- i think it probably happens um then it's a bit of a problem also if you just want to be a nurse like try to just go straight to nursing school um if you have the opportunity if there's like a direct admin nursing program um because then you don't need to spend an extra because uh, you're not just paying for extra two years extra of, of college you're also missing out on two years of nursing income so yeah Uh, that's the list for good majors moving on to ones that you probably shouldn't do. Um, we'll just hammer through them. Well, I mean anything else, but to be more specific, (laughs) English, it's a pyramid scheme. Like guys, the people, what you you do with an English major is you go teach English. Um, you might think you're going to go be a writer, go write articles. One like journalists y'all are about to get like clapped by AI. Like AI is just going to start aggregating like recent stories and it's just going to put them that's already half the stuff you read on the internet is like written by AI. So um yeah. Good luck. Um psychology. I'm my in full transparency, my mom is a psychology professor. She literally got her undergrad in psych, in psych. she got her masters in psych, she got a PhD in psychology. Um, and even she agrees if you're just going to get an undergrad, do not do it in psychology that it is useless. Um, when psychology can be useful, if you plan on getting your master's, then it makes sense because you can go into counseling or anything like that. Um, if you're using it as a pre-med major and you know, you're going to follow through, then it can be good. But even then, um, if you're doing psych for pre-med, you need to make sure that you're like doing other cool stuff on top of that. Cause alone, I don't think it's, the best pre-med major, um, comms, like just, you can just say you're going to college to have a good time, but like, dude, that's a lot to spend on a vacation. You, you know, you don't need to pay tuition to go to the parties, like <laughs> full transparency. Um, and then, um, any crappy business degrees like marketing to I'll let you elaborate on this
1: one. Um, yeah, it's just, um, everybody has a marketing degree and it's not that useful. A lot of marketing is just common sense because um, they
0: always telling me how like half the people walking in for um, jobs at his dad's company or just have their marketing yeah, degree and it's like so I was hey you guys I can teach you marketing without going to college here's okay this is bonus this is bonus this is my marketing <laughs> framework for success sell the lifestyle not the product that's all you need to know I want to elaborate on it because we don't have time here but that's the only thing you need to know about marketing it works like a charm um and then art unless you're the goat and you can't see yourself doing anything else with your life we need artists okay without them the world would suck but don't don't do like any like art majors so like theater or film or anything like that unless you're really good at it and you know it and you literally will die if you can't follow your passion um and then anything ending with studies like <laughs> I, hate to, I hate to like <laughs> dog on all those majors I think a lot of them are really important, but you just don't need a ton of people doing them. Um, history too. History is super important to learn from mistakes. Not sure if you need a major in it. You can just take those classes and, and learn about the cool stuff. All of these colleges with their like liberal arts course and stuff, you're going to get all of these skills. Um, I just don't know if you need to necessarily major in it. Um, okay. So yeah, that's our first point. The reason it's our first point is because you're making this decision when you're like 17. This comes before everything else. It sucks that that we force people to kind of like set their life on a tra- set, like choose their life trajectory at such a young age. But that's the reality of the situation. And like you can't afford to, to mess it up. So I really don't think you're going to be sad if you pick engineering, one of the good business majors, pre-med or pre-law. Like yeah. those are pretty solid. You're going to get, you're going to make money and you're not going to be broke. And that's the point of this video. So yeah.
1: yeah. And you can be sad making six figures. So you what? You can be sad, but you can also be making six figures. Exactly. To...
0: Exactly. <laughs> being sad, but like being sad in a house with a roof over your head is way better. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Next point. Make a budget and track your spending. So this is a really easy one start putting like when you get your when you can like see when you get your monthly statements and you can like see what you're spending on your card like put that into a spreadsheet visualize it with a pie chart realize where all of your money is going because a lot of people just don't realize how much money they spend on like random stuff they don't need it can look small but it can add up so um i mean of course you don't need to worry about like spending money on like like really little things like just buying a coffee we'll elaborate on that later but for your bigger categories like going out to eat a lot, um, I don't know. Spend, just if you just like buy a ton of random like tech on Amazon, <clears throat> I'm guilty of that. Then uh, <laughs> you should just you should be aware of that. So just track your spending, make a budget. No way you can afford to spend in these different categories, and uh, budget away some some stuff for savings. But we'll we'll get into that later. So yeah, that's an easy thing that you can do. Just so you can visualize your stuff. Is there anything you want to add on that?
1: Um, not entirely, but like, you know, just kind of think about it. Like don't, if you see all your money going to one place, like really think like, you know, is it worth going out to eat dinner every night? Is yeah. It, yeah. I and mean, that's kind of it.
0: But all right. Um, Maseo, next one.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of building off the whole budget thing, but it's, you know, live within your limits. Like don't just buy stuff you can't afford. I saying just cause you can afford it doesn't mean you need it which I think really does apply. Like if you're making 80 grand a year, you can afford a $40,000 car. No, you can't. But you, well, <laughs> sorry, guys,
0: sorry. But see, like You cannot afford a 40,000 car if you're making 80, 80K a year. Like maybe, but guys, no crazy debt. All right. When people are looking to buy a car, like t- take your eyes off that monthly thing and seeing if that fits <laughs> in your monthly budget. Bro. Yeah. Look at the sticker price. You never, okay, Never buy a car. That's on like a seven-year loan, guys. Three to five years max. If you can buy it in cash, that's great. But like, just no, no crazy debt, no balling out. You you can't afford a house if if you're not if you're not making enough money to afford a house. So like these big purchases that are gonna put you in debt for a long time. Just just be careful. Um, there are plenty of rules um, that that we don't need to get into for for buying a house. Just lick it up. Like if you wanna. Know your rules for like buying a, a car and buying a house. They're very simple, Matthew. You can put in your income and see how much you can afford. Um, but yeah, just like don't buy stuff you can't afford. Don't look at those monthly, those monthly prices. Like, oh, it's only this much. I see, like kids in high school buying cars that cost like twenty grand. They're like, oh, I can afford the the five hundred dollars a month. It's like, bro, you need to be paying for like school right now.
1: <laughs> Stop buying a car, dog. You cannot afford that. So. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Don't use Klarna. Don't use Afterpay. <laughs> if you're having you to, guys, it. if you y'all have to it, put
0: like a, a a clothing item on a spending plan, <laughs> you're in a dark, dark place, and you need to wake up and and stop stop doing that stuff. No, if You guys it. have to use Apple Pay later, Klarna, anything like that <laughs> ever. Like. Just no, just stop immediately. Just those things shouldn't even exist in your mind as like a way for buying stuff. Um, all right, that segues into our next one, which is one, if you're 18 and you don't have a credit card, like run, do not walk to Chase tomorrow. <laughs> all right, so like you need a credit card. I don't know if you guys, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll explain it. Credit cards and having a credit score can save you thousands and thousands of dollars. When you go to buy a car or buy a house, you're going to need to get a loan for it a lot of the time. Like we were just talking about, again, no crazy loans guys. Um, but you will often need to finance it. You won't just have a million dollars on hand. So what's going to save your ass there is if you have a good credit score, because that'll save you so much on your interest payments. You cannot buy anything with like a 420 credit score. Obviously (laughs) if you have no credit, then people are going to know that they can lend to you. So get a credit card early so you can start building your credit history so you can have old credit history. Um, even if you're not making a ton of money, that's fine. Just put like what you would normally spend on your debit card or whatever anyway on your credit card. And then this is the most important thing. Pay your credit card off in full at the end of every month, or before the end of, before the end of every month. Just always pay your credit card off in full because that is the most important part of your credit score. And you should not be keeping a balance on your credit card. You then you all of those things where it's like twenty percent whatever you have to pay after that. You shouldn't even be like looking at that when you're considering a credit card because you're never gonna get there. Okay, you're never gonna be in that situation where you have to worry about that because you're gonna pay your credit card off at the end of every month in full, um, before the end of every month. Sorry. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the main thing. Um, if you need credit card recommendations, um, I, my, I like bank with Wells Fargo, but when I turn 18, I think I'm going straight to chase because out of the big banks, if you want a big bank, chase is, is this, we're not paid to say this or anything, by the way, they have the best credit cards. So you can start with like a chase, um, chase freedom rise and then there are the other ones from that trifecta so like the freedom unlimited and the freedom flex i think so they have some killer bonus like welcome offers and stuff going on i don't know if they're still there um and then once you're in the chase ecosystem a little bit more you can look at like a sapphire preferred or reserve um so yes chase has some good cards don't do wells fargo like i'm leaving wells fargo dog because they they have nothing good um discover and capital one have good cards um if you're in that credit union type beat are they credit unions they are right yeah some i don't know um your local credit unions can also be good um if you want to bank locally that's really cool um and they often have some good um offers yeah but i don't just get a credit card early pay your stuff off man do not carry a balance on your credit card um
1: yeah yeah I mean, just like keep your credit card active too. Like, don't getting a credit card and letting it just sit there with no balance is almost worse than not having no, it's one. Not. It's not. I own. mean, well,
0: you can like use your credit card, but you don't need to be like your credit utilization is actually a pretty big part of your score. You want to try to keep it as low as possible. Um, but no, you can leave your if you've as long as you like open the credit card and like you've used it for a certain amount of time don't close it if you're if you're even if you're not going to spend anything on it just don't close the account because that'll take off a big chunk of your credit history that's like um it, that's that's like not on your it, don't close credit card account because then you're you're cutting off that line of credit that's existed for however long so you want that credit to be old so i mean yeah like use it you can utilize it but your utilization shouldn't be high you shouldn't be like, if you can say, like, near that 10% of your limit, then that's actually, like, good, I'm pretty sure. So, um, you can look into more things on on credit cards, but the main thing you need to know, pay it off. We'll, we'll leave it there and get one soon. All right, um, next point. This is a, this is kind of, this is the foolproof. If you can do this, you will never be broke. Unless it's making you go broke, because you truly can't afford it, but, <laughs> um... Max out your Roth IRA. So, if you guys don't know what the Roth, okay, so the Roth IRA, this this great thing. So, this homie, Senator Roth, what's his first name? Uh, um, Sen- is that is it Richard?
1: William. Hmm. William, William Roth, William Roth.
0: Okay, so the William homie. Roth, this homie, okay, wrote this this line into a bill. That that made way for the goat retirement account. All right, so the Roth IRA. What is this? What is this account? Basically, it is a retirement account where you can tax your earnings, tax your contributions, so that all of your growth is tax-free. So basically, you get to take advantage of compound interest, which is basically the idea that you know your interest will will grow on top of itself, basically, um, and at the end, you can take your money out once you're 59 and a half for, you don't have to pay tax, no income tax. Um, This, if you you guys are like somewhat educated in the finance world, you know this is broken, which is why there's a cap. You can only contribute $6,500 to it. But if from the time that you turn 18, if you contribute $6,500 to your Roth IRA every year, if you max it out, By the time you're 59 and a half, which is when you can start taking money out of it without having to pay income tax, you will have $23 million. Um, So like if that doesn't like trigger something, you're like, okay, that should be a goal I should aim for. Dude, if you you can retire with 23 mil, you're in a really, really good spot. And $6,500 a year, like when you think about it, is the difference between like making 90k and $100,000 like extremely huge to you in your brain just pretend like you're making 90k instead of 100k and then contribute that 6,500 dollars. that's not even math that's $10,000 but (laughs) you get what I mean um just put that into your Roth IRA so really that should be a goal to max out your Roth IRA um and yeah um even if you aren't starting when you're 18 because of college if you wait until you're um what 22 when you graduate college then yeah you're still gonna have 17 mil so this is at an eight percent return rate which is average like it's i think it's like seven to ten six to ten so um assuming this is a, we we this is assuming that the united states doesn't like implode <laughs> um which it may <laughs> but who knows um maybe if your 401 if your employer will match your 401k do that um because even though you have to pay taxes on it later like If you can get an employer match, guys, anything with employer matching you one-to-one, that's free money. You need to be maxing that out. Um, So, yeah, the Roth IRA is more applicable to just as a wide net for everyone because um, it's not, you know, it's not tied to your employer and it's a, it's good. It's tax-free goodness. Um, Yeah. And yeah, but if your employer will match a 401k, that's a crazy good benefit and you need to be taking advantage of it. Um, Did I miss anything?
1: No, I mean, like it's really just a, just like a safety net, right? Like it's not gonna make you inherently rich. Exactly. Itself, so, but it'll protect you. in case.
0: Before this episode, Miss Sarah and I are like, well, you have to wait till, till, till you're 59 and a half. but the thing that's really important to remember is one, because you have to wait until you're 51 50, 59 and a half <laughs> to take your money out without having to pay, income tax and the 10% early withdrawal fee. It kind of locks your money up, which is good because that money is going to be is going to be safe in there. Um and it's not you can't take it out without having like that that barrier. Of, oh, you have to, you have to think that when I'm taking this out I'm paying income tax and 10%. That'll stop you from taking it out to pay for stupid stuff like to fund your gambling. Just kidding. Gambling isn't stupid. Go keep <laughs> with your dreams, guys. Just kidding. Um, but <laughs> you you won't do any like stupid things like that. And if you die, if you're worried about like dying and your money being trapped in there for kids, that's one of the loopholes. Your money will not be income taxed um, if you if it needs to come out early, if it's something for your estate or your beneficiaries. So um, it keeps you honest by, by having that 59 and a half lockout date. And if it wasn't, if they didn't have that, he will would be taking advantage of it and not using it as a retirement account you know this is also the united states government trying to like incentivize people to keep working but like like that's i mean they have to do that obviously we can't have our economy with no workers so um yeah back out your roth ira Yep. um all right Maceo, hit us with our next point
1: all right next point is to focus your time on making more money and not saving money and this is this could be both small things and really big things. But, you know, like saving a couple of dollars, not going out and getting your coffee in the morning isn't exactly as good as just, you know, buying your coffee and then going to work or spending time on your business or whatever you're working on.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think we've got one big nuance point here. Like b- by saving money, we mean like the classic Graham Stefan trying to teach you how to make your your 20 cent breakfast with like a bagel and like no seasoning like classic yeah. white guy graham stuff and like no seasoning because it costs too much yeah <laughs> like <laughs> like a tiny little spread of cream so just like one piece of like lunch meat on it we're not yeah. like so that's the stuff we're saying like that isn't what you should be spending your time on um where you should be t- spending your time like saving money is on like the really really big things i.e that like that one percent interest on your Home on your home payment or something like that. Again, this is kind of going back to the credit thing. That is like a really big thing where you should be like shopping around at different banks, like seeing how you can save money on that. That's gonna make way more of a difference than not getting your Starbucks in the morning. So focus your energy there and then focus your energy on making more money. Like your your energy is better spent on figuring out and in most cases, how I can make more money instead of how I can save some money because you'll get more of a return on your time um by trying to generate more money instead of saving a couple dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Except for again agree. except for on the important things like like big loan payments and stuff. That half a percent makes a huge difference in the long run when you're dealing yeah. with, you know, a million dollar payment.
1: Yeah. Just like saving money on such a small scale is like I think it's more tiring than what it's worth. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just I mean don't, don't torture himself.
0: It can definitely help, and if you need to be frugal everywhere, to be frugal in some places, then that works. Like, my grandparents, all right, by the way, my grandparents are the perfect case study for this how to not go broke um, thing, because my grandma was a nurse, and my grandpa was a a high school teacher, no, middle school teacher, he taught seventh grade, he taught like seventh grade biology, and my grandma was a nurse, and um, they were very frugal. Um, they they were kind of in that category. Like they kind of need to be frugal with everything to to be able to to be frugal on those on those main places. But they were just smart with their money. They just like invested. They were maxing out their retirement accounts. Um, they were building. We'll get it. I'm I'm giving you a sneak peek at some of the future points. But they're building <laughs> multiple sources of income, um, and they're maxing out their their main sources of income, and they retired with millions of dollars like enough to set up like our family to send their kids to college send their grandkids to college which is all you could ever hope for i guess so um and they like didn't come from money or anything like that literally like my grandma immigrated from hong Kong like alone when she was like 16 so i mean you guys can do this um by, by using following these main points like my my grandparents seriously are like the perfect case study um but I, I I pre-fired the next point. But it's build multiple sources of income. Um, however, you want to do this, real estate is a big one. If you want to be a land Chad, um, <laughs> the <go-view. laughs> Um like that's that's kind of a way of that. I, I wouldn't necessarily put that as like. I guess it's like it's like half building a source of income, but half like you know making an investment, diversifying where your money's held, um, but. Yeah, it's a, you can, you know, buy a house or something. You'll make money off of the rent that your tenants are paying every month, and then you also like are holding your money somewhere else. You know, you're diversifying between you know the stock market and um and your, in the the real estate market. So, oh, that's another thing that we kind of didn't put on here. We invest your money. <laughs> um, yeah, it's true. Don't hold I guess it. that's kind Don't of like. Yeah, invest your money. Psych. We didn't talk about that earlier. Actually,
1: that's crazy. Um.
0: Well, well I guess that's kind that of the race, building. We kind of talk about in building yeah. multiple. We have investments written down as the next one. So yeah. 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 Um. Build mul- multiple sources of income, but also instead of just keeping your money in your savings account, like invest it. Um. If you are a kid right now, go open your um custodial account. I recommend Schwab. mister use TD, but they got bought by Schwab, well, so Schwab. technically you're Schwab, Schwab now. now. Yep. Is Schwab, TD like I done? Do they Schwab. sell the logo on there? Or is it Schwab?
1: Uh, it's like I can sign into my TD account, but it's like Schwab with a TD logo over it. But Damn. I can also sign into Schwab now, so it's all the same.
0: Okay, okay. So yeah, highly recommend Schwab's Schwab One Custodial Account. They're great. Um, and Fidelity, I'm sure has a great custodial account. Um, it works, right? Yeah, literally like Schwab Fidelity. I wouldn't recommend doing one of those like weird fintech apps.
1: Yeah, like, I agree.
0: Like I would go with a stable big investment um company. Like I wouldn't recommend doing the Robinhood doesn't even do it cuz they really can't do that.
1: No. Don't use Robinhood anywhere. Though. Don't
0: use Robinhood. Don't use <laughs> like any any of those like anything that you're getting a YouTube ad for or a YouTuber is advertising. Don't do it. Just do a, do one of the established places because all those fintechs—they're all startups. You don't know if they're gonna implode or not. And even though your money's probably safe, if they do go under, they'll like give you time to transfer. Don't you don't want that headache? So just go with go with Schwab or, or Fidelity or like E Trade or Vanguard. I don't know if you yeah. trade trading Vanguard for custodial accounts, but yeah. Um, so go your money. You don't need to have like ten grand sitting in your savings account. Like obviously keep some, but like. Then put the rest into, a, into an investment account. Um, so yeah, investments that can be treated as a, as a source of income if you're like getting dividends or if you're taking money out. Um, and then side hustles. Um, side hustles, this comes with an asterisk. Um, side hustles can be great if you have a ceiling at your current job um, or if they're actually making you a lot of money. Otherwise, segue into our next point. Perfect. Max out your main source of income. So, focusing on your career, on your main, your one main career, can actually be super lucrative. Um, What we mean by this, if you're in the private sector, um, you need to be asking for a raise or job hopping, Um, especially earlier in early in your career. You don't need to stick at one company. Um, You should be hopping around. I don't know the exact statistic, but something like you will you know increase like i think the average income increase salary increase per job hop is like 20 or 30 percent compared to like a couple percent if you get a raise three
1: percent i think usually yeah that's like standard three so job hop people like stay obviously don't
0: do it too much because then people aren't going to want to hire you but three to four years i think is fair you should be you should be jumping ship um, and until you get into a point where you are settled down with the family and don't want to have to move to another location. So this is really an early career move that you can use to get your income higher and higher and climb the corporate ladder or whatever you're doing early on. Um, if you're in the public sector, um, it's a, a little bit, it's, it's, it's harder. You can still job hop. Um, but obviously you're, there's less than neg- a room to negotiate with your salary. Um, if you're in a union, you can't ask for a raise. You got to go with the union. So, um, but yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're in the public sector, go work with your union, you know, go be one of the people fighting for your union to get, get your, yourself a raise. Um, and yeah, just work to maximize that main source of income. I think is most of the time more worthwhile than putting a lot of time into a side hustle.
1: Yeah, I agree. Cause like, well, you can make, for instance, you know, six figures at your main job, get an 8% raise and you can make I mean, side hustles you probably aren't ever going to be making anywhere close to your main source of income.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: if you are, maybe just jump ship to your side hustle. Maybe that make point. that your main source of income. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe that should just be your main source of income.
0: Like Yeah. Um it's bonus points like your side hustle should should be something that's fun to you. Because if it's not, Yeah. then like what's the point? Cuz you're obviously yeah. again if you're making a ton of money with it, that should be your main source of income. And if you're not, it should be like fun for you. Um, so we're talking like art stuff you're doing on the side because you're at work all day and then you come home to do a side hustle. It shouldn't feel like you're doing more work. You need a time to like de-stress and not be, it can't feel like work to you too much. You ask like you're earning money off of it, but you're also having fun.
1: Yeah, fully. I agree. Just like you know, also just like general rule, just like don't burn yourself out. Like don't just like don't send it too extremely hard to where your quality of life is just terrible. You know,
0: I've been like I'm 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 all about that that burnout, but really, guys, you need to like take some take a break, or else it's gonna hit you like a truck. I thought burnout was fake. I didn't think it existed <laughs> until uh, the end of last semester when I was just until,
1: crawling to the finish line. Some um, months of four hours of sleep and countless yeah um,
0: sleeping i found out is actually pretty cool like when i useful yeah yeah sleeping can can be cool so uh try to do that if you can i understand though like i know life can get busy um if you guys want want (laughs) here's sam's quick tips to maximize (laughs) your sleep if you can only sleep for four and a half hours every night guys Remember the ninety-minute rule. You're going in increments of ninety minutes because that's your natural sleep cycle. You want to end your sleep at the end of a cycle, so you're either sleeping three hours, four and a half hours, six hours, or seven and a half hours. Okay, those are your your options. You, I mean, sorry, I so said I said seven and a half. Yeah, Seven and a half. Yeah, that's so right. and so not, you're yeah. you're aiming for seven and a half. Okay, that's never gonna happen. Like you have to stay up and grind. So then you get you get six hours of sleep um but sometimes when it gets tough you're getting four hours and when it gets really tough you're getting three or one and a half um try to get dope but don't like this is like a, a hop in bed and don't don't know, think that you can stay up doing more work because you just passed that that like you just passed where you could get seven and a half like get into bed and get ready to go to sleep because it's going to take it takes you way longer to fall asleep than you, you think it does um yeah. and then um energy drinks they're really good guys like, that's, <laughs> that's fire. like coffee doesn't do anything not enough caffeine i'm talking re- two red bulls not kidding <laughs> not really um
1: that's a heart attack <laughs> did i
0: tell you what my dad got me for christmas no as a joke he got me a bag full of five-hour energies and like a crate of red bull and he said go do your college ass <laughs> <laughs> dead ass so funny that's um, so funny got me through it though for real i have i actually have
1: my get a last reveal.
0: one. My my no last, my last can of Red Bull. I don't need it I've never
1: yet. had a Red Bull. I've had what? a lot of other energy drinks. I've had a lot of energy drinks, but never a Red Bull. I don't know why. Dude, it's
0: the classic. you have never I've had a like Red
1: Bull. No, I've had like I've had everything else. If you go to like any gas station, point at the shelf. I've had everything besides a Red Bull. Dude, Red Bull's the goat. It's like the only <laughs> energy
0: drink that doesn't taste like pure acid. I am <laughs>
1: i'll give it a try one day
0: all right we're off topic um all right (sighs) those are the main points to summarize no dumb college major make a budget and track your spending live within your limits so like no crazy debt for stuff that you can't afford get a credit card asap and pay it off in full before the end of every month max out your roth ira focus your time on making more money not saving money on the little things. And when you're going to save money, save money on the big things. That's where you should be focusing your time. Um, Build multiple sources of income, and then, which includes like investing in that, that should be its own point, but start investing and then max out your main source of income. Those are the the boat main points for not going broke.
1: There we go. You're now 50%. You are now
0: to go broke. No, now you're like 75% less likely to go broke. I can say with Now we're, yeah,
1: this is a real statistic. Boat boat research center.
0: Um, okay. Further reading. Um, we just like, we're talking about this before the episode. We're like Dave Ramsey versus Graham Stephan. Graham Stephan. He's the homie. He got me really into finance and stuff. He's a little bit cringe though. Um,
1: (laughs) His thumbnails kind of hurt me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. His thumbnails make me bleed. He's gone a little bit further away (laughs) from his OG content. Um, but Graham Stephan versus Dave Ramsey, if you guys don't know, Dave Ramsey is like no debt at all costs. Graham Stephan is like, debt is good as long as it's sub 8%. So you can like make more money in the stock market. We were, we are actually both on team Dave Ramsey, um, for, for most people, for a couple of reasons. One, um, most people aren't extremely financially savvy and understanding no debt is way easier than the whole than graham stefan's nuance take basically um so if you if you need a rule to live by paying off your debt that's going to keep you out of trouble basically so for the vast majority of people that's good second thing there is a a price that you cannot i mean there's a there's a feeling that you cannot put a price on for being debt free it's like even if you even if you're know that you could pay off your debt like that um this varies from person to person if you're someone who can live with the debt then by all means go put your money somewhere else where it can work for you and 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 make more than it could if you just pay off your debt um but for a lot of people that psychological factor of being debt free is is priceless so
1: yeah yeah and like at a point too it allows you to take more risks you know once you have less debt Mm -hmm. like you know let's say you pay off your house, maybe you can go out and start your business now that you know your family's secure. And exactly. Stuff like that. Like it just kind of yeah. enables you to like push further in your like financial realm. Yeah. And just sitting being like, oh my God, I can't lose my job. I'm losing my house.
0: Yeah. I can't believe yeah, we just, just um, hyped up Dave Ramsey, but it happened. That's a first. Um, Dave, it'll never happen code. again, Dave. It'll give never happen code, again. Dave. You, can, Dave, you can go back to your little talk show that's like wanting to be as cool as us. Um, Bring us
1: on the talk show dave
0: <laughs> um <laughs> so i don't know you can go watch dave ramsey don't watch too much of it though <laughs> and then ramid Sethi, like he's cool go read his book um i think it's it, th- that's definitely like worthwhile i think it's like a netflix show that i haven't watched but it's probably good
1: um, i think i saw it yeah you did was it good no I, no, no i didn't watch it like i saw oh, you the saw it show. Ahead, yeah 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 i saw the show
0: I, i'm sure it's fine um and then other further reading literally anything else on finance um obviously that starts with our podcast guys if you want a a place to learn all about business and finance, this is is where you want to do it um but like anything else on finance business all that if you can can get interested in that kind of stuff like you've got a golden ticket because i I promise if you're like interested in it you're not going to go broke that's that um yep last thing once you have your money Once you like actually have your money, you're secure, you're like a multimillionaire, be able to enjoy it, which can be tough for a lot of people because a lot of people who were in a a situation where they didn't have a ton of money, find it really hard to spend money once they get there because they're afraid of losing it all. But if you can try to enjoy it, you did the work, you earned it, go buy yourself a uh, a nice steak or something. I don't know, a gold plated steak. But Dave Ramsey always says, really he says,
1: stupid. Dave Ramsey says, go on a cruise, go on a cruise. <laughs> of course he that, says, go that, on a cruise. That's his thing. That is that's the most Dave cruise. Ramsey thing ever to
0: say, go on a cruise. Oh my God. That's his advice
1: to all the people. I always <laughs> see it on TikTok. It's like, I have $85 million in savings and I struggle with spending money. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, what you're going to do? What kind of money makes you uncomfortable? And they're like, uh, maybe $2,000. I want you to go spend $12,000 on a cruise. Go on
0: a cruise, of course. (laughs) Cruises are actually pretty troll. That's funny. You know the one thing that my grandparents would spend money on? Is it cruises? Yeah, my grandma went on 25 cruises in her life.
1: Maybe she was following the baby steps, dude.
0: I think she probably was. (laughs) (laughs) Not good. That that makes me uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, (laughs) All right. Um, That's it for this episode. We will see you guys I don't know when. I'm not I'm done making promises because who knows? We're gonna try to come back as soon as possible, but I'm not I'm done making empty promises, but we'll see. Hopefully it's next week or something.
1: Yeah. Um also if we miss anything, leave it in the comments. Yeah. Yeah, if we, we miss something I, huge. I'm we almost curious.
0: miss investing. I don't know how that happened, but it's we know we didn't. We kinda of, we wrote it down, but like I don't know. Um <laughs> yeah. it should have been its own point. All right. That's it. We'll see y'all next time. Uh, but, oh, oh my god! Mark your calendars. Okay. For, okay. Well, well, I I, guess I just came, Mark your calendars for our next episode, which we don't know. We, we're not giving you a date, so I don't know what you're marking your calendars for. But that was a close one. We almost Whoa. lost it because I just hadn't done this in a while. All right.
1: Lost that forty um, episode streak.
0: <laughs> that is it. We'll see you guys next time. Later. All right.